I've been like in Australia and say, hey, baby, how are you doing? Please slow down. <laughs> there you go, faux pas. We've got the guy all the way from Austria. Yeah. Uh, Is that where we are? We are from Austria. Yeah, at, at the, the moment, moment I'm in, in South Austria, in Klagenfurt. All right. Okay. Okay. So uh, just gone past seven o'clock here in Queensland. That's uh, nine o'clock in New Zealand, 10 o'clock uh, for our friends in the UK, and 11 o'clock in Europe. And that's where our guest is today, tonight, this afternoon, wherever you are, wherever you're watching. Um, if you're getting the streaming through on um, Dream the Dream, the new Facebook site that Julia's daughter's put together for us. Or if you pick it up on uh, Qigong, um, it's uh, Julia's site where you're coming through on Radio FM 88. You can ask questions um, to Alex and we'll be able to pick them up and respond back. So this wasn't created by me. This was um, brought about by Julia and Julia's uh, love for uh, energy exchange through Qigong and uh, her network has brought about Alexandra coming on tonight. Now, Alex is, um, has an infinity, well, what I've seen with animals, but more importantly, um, straight out of that TV cartoon show, um, Avatar, The Last Airbender, and uh, <laughs> some of the things I've seen are pretty good, mate. So uh, without further ado, uh, Julia can ask you questions, and, of course, um, other people who are watching can come through and ask those questions. Thank you for coming, Alex. It's been fantastic. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Julia, you hit him up with the questions, mate. Yes, yes. Welcome to, <laughs> Welcome to Alexander Kakalinik. And um, I first uh, was shown a clip of you fighting with the head of Shaolin Europe, Shi Heng Yi. And... Um, I was I really paid attention because I've actually been doing his tendon stretch form with my classes. So when when uh, that video was shown to me by actually Ken Jolly, the um, telekinesis guy, I was like, oh. And the more I looked into you, you know, you also had quantum healing and shaman and um, the great love of animals. I thought this is a really interesting guy because most people are very good at one thing, and they sort of train for 10, 20 years before they switch to something else, but you seem to, you know, have in a very short time mastered a lot of skills. So, Alexander, just tell us, um, we'll probably maybe start with the quantum, quantum, quantum side, um, the quantum healing, because that's the first thing you told me is that you have, you are actually a quantum healer. How did you come across quantum healing and... Um, mm, yeah, dude. The whole story began, I think, about 13 years ago when I had a disc prolapse. So I was 23 years old and I was a professional athlete. I was studying sports science in Graz. And after one and a half year running around from one doctor to another, and nobody could help me. And I tried everything from hypnosis, like acupuncture, electrotherapy. I really tried out everything that was on the market because I knew the doctors has no idea what they're doing, unfortunately. And after one and a half year, I met a guy actually from the car, car sharing. Like we had this, like when you just ask, hey, can you pick me up in the city and bring me to another city? And this guy was a medical student. 
And I told him my drama and he said, ah, I will fix you. And I was like, of course, <laughs> already running around one and a half year, nobody could help me. And then he says in the car, yeah, he will fix me. And I went the next day to his house and he really fixed me in a half an hour. And it was like, it blew my mind, like, what the heck? And the thing was mostly that my right leg was like five centimeter outside from yeah, five centimeters longer. So it was outside from the articulation and it was because of too much stretching, too much breakdown training and all the stuff what I've done. So he just put it back softly and fixed all the bones. And this worked for a while. But after two weeks, again, I had to go to his home and he said, hey, Alex, ordinary people come just one, two times and you already five times, you're coming again and again. So you should stop breakdancing. You will kill yourself with all the extreme stuff what you're doing. And then I went to Spain for a half year and I was studying there. I was training a lot and my body was good. But when I came back to Austria, I had a show and I didn't get the time for, for warm-up. And after the crazy show what we have done, I couldn't walk anymore. So I called him, hey, please, <laughs> I need to that you fix me again, please. And so he looked at me and he said, hey, I've never seen someone who can twist his coccyx like that. He want to fix it with the thumb in my ass to, to get me straight again. And it was quite painful, but it didn't work that well. So he tried something new. He just like puts his two fingers on my sacrum. And then he asked me if I feel something. And said, yes, something is changing. And then he recommended me a book from Richard Bartlett about matrix energetics. And then I started reading this stuff and I tried myself, I think a half year later, where I explained it that you just connect the right brain to your heart center and you create, let's say, a new space and you look for two points in the field and connect them with light. And at that time, I think it was 2000, no, 2010, um, I just was ready to finish my final degree in sports science about medical techniques. But at that time I had problems with my um, with my ankle. So I couldn't walk for a half year. I got injection, taping, everything, nothing worked. And then I was again coming back to the book where they explained this technique, what is actually from the old Germans from Siberia and Kahunas from Hawaii. It's like all connected, always working with the heart field. And so I was sitting at one o'clock in the morning in my bed, um, connecting my right brain to the heart, looking. And then actually at this time, I was just visualizing a golden ball into my ankle. And the next day, the pain was gone. And first, I couldn't even walk for a half year. And that really blew my mind. And then I said, OK, I need to know much more about all this stuff. And so I went to different kind of seminars. So it was the first experience with the quantum healing. And at that time, I did already a lot of different stuff from massaging and fixing bones. But this opened like a field, wow, that like everything is possible. So like, you don't, it's not just like for your health, you can do the so-called quantum healing for everything in your life. If you can't uh, open like a screw or are you in a traffic jam, you just recreate the whole reality of what you live when you are going much more into this uh, heart-brain coherence. So you can influence the reality on many different levels with this.
Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's really interesting. I actually studied quantum healing, but they haven't actually differentiated it as well as you have, as how it's different from the others. And um, I did know. For me, the after my first seminar, I it was really like feeling like a little wizard, like Harry Potter or who else. And I just was driving seven kilometers uh, at home, and I felt how the air is going out of my tire. I said, no, it's not my reality. The air will go back, and I could drive home. It was really first a little bit flat. And so this is, but this is just like one little example for many things. And this is, for me, then you're in a, a space of true knowing. And it's all about the consciousness of fast healing. When you heal like a cut in, in five minutes, just by inner knowing, this is not my reality now. And I had experienced this many times. And I think also like if you go into Tibetan or other meditation, it's more like you have to create this inner knowing. And huh, how to explain it? It's a kind of trust. It's kind of connection with everything but this. And... Yeah, there are many different levels. And I had this one time, I think, four or five years ago, I've been on a salsa dance festival in Bulgaria. And I jumped out from the pool when I tried to jump out. I had a big cut on my knee because Bulgaria, the pool is under that safe. <laughs> and so there was like a tile that was like opening really the side from my knee and it was like a four centimeter cut. I said, no, I'm here for dancing. I don't have time to be injured. I just put my hands on my knee. I was sitting there, letting out all this energy and recreating a new space. And the, and the cut was done in yeah, five minutes. And I think how more we can enter into this playful field, because it actually is. It's not about, oh, this is right, this is wrong. With all the healing, I have to create the space that everything is possible. And I'm not projecting now, oh, this needs to be healed when you have a problem. I'm opening a space and see what will happen because how can I know something with my limited thinking, what else is possible? And I think this is a great thing in all this quantum healing. You just stay there, open the field, and you see what will happen. And yeah, after like 10 years in this field, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff already. Yeah, okay, so that you're not actually selecting an outcome, because I mean, I always go, there's infinite potential in every moment, and I was taught that you actually had to visualize that person being well, but you're not even putting that pressure on yourself. You're there are different thinking. techniques. The first thing what I've learned was um, that you just make these two points to create this field, this hard field, and then I had another teacher who was working with other teachers like I think Frank Kinslow or someone else, then they say, oh, I have to have this attention. I'm ready to change this. I think both things are working. For me, the most important thing is mm, to let go all kind of concepts, just to feel the intuition, what is the right thing at the right moment. So you become the channel, you become a tool. I don't need to know. The knowing is first just like a help the same like when you start doing massages or when you start doing anything to uh, any other technique. It's like when you try to, to ride the bicycle in the beginning, you need the, the helping wheel. But when you really go deeper, you don't need them anymore. 
So you just ask the field and you immediately say words, but you don't know where the words are coming from because you don't have a meaning for this word. So you don't have a meaning for why you're doing this with the hand or whatever. It's just like you become a part of the whole field. And then it's much intenser, much faster, much more effective, what I experienced. But of That's course, we all used to train our mind to be knowledge, uh, all the stuff like, and I think this is, in the beginning, it's helpful because people want to understand, but how more you let go of your understanding, how bigger the impact is. The same like with the energy fighting. Oh, I have to protect, you will create tension and then he will <laughs> beat you up. You have to become the space, you have to become the love. It's a becoming is a state, and it's not about that you think about it. That you say, oh, I have to think about this, create this. No, you have to be it, create it. I think that's still a big problem. For so people for talk about mind over matter, don't they? but you're not saying mind over matter. It's the it's the emotional connection of. Yeah, I think many years ago I started to write a book about emotion creates a reality. And it's not so, it depends what is the description for mind. There are many definitions for many things. For me, I just saw, okay, my emotion or my inner knowing creates the reality. And as long I have a belief what is not connected to my inner knowing, I can have, you have like, how many thoughts do you have a day? More than 50,000? And how, and how much of this go into reality? That one who got charged with the most emotions. So this I figured out very early when I was already 17, 18, when, when I was playing billiard with my girlfriend at that time, that we were focusing so strong so I could manipulate her so easily because she was not stable in her. And but then I saw also the counter side, oh, I have to be careful what I'm really thinking. Uh, because I, I created accidents by myself because when I was angry with 18 because the relationship was over and then boom I had an accident with my bicycle and all this but I was then I was really like much more aware oh I have to be careful with all the things what I'm doing because the more you're connected the more you're in this balance the more power you have the more responsibility you have also and the outcome is much faster. People say, oh, I want that all my stuff come true very fast. Oh, you will see, you will be very afraid in the beginning when you see how fast your creation can be. That's why also this old speech, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> hey, um, so do you think Ken, you Oh, you've got a question up here. I can, um, so just while we um, look at the questions. He's up early. He's yeah. in the States. Uh, Ken is saying, yeah, hi, Ken. Hey, he's asking, can you ask Alex about how to unlock the rainbow body? <laughs> I knew this dude would come from him. <laughs> yeah. It's quarter past two in the morning and he's asking a question like that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's quite a big topic. Is it? And there's so many different names from rainbow body, diamond body, dragon body, depends on the lineage you're coming from. And 
for me, the last year was strongly connected with Tibet. And I read some books from some old Buddhas and I felt like, oh, yes, oh, yes. When you know, when you read a book and you just can't say yes, yes, yes all the time because you feel it. And so for me, then I also remembered some stuff of my past life and I saw myself um, in the white robes, like teleporting and all the things. And so I tried to connect the promise with all the religion they have a certain concept. So if you haven't reached one certain stage, let's say like you have to have the first three years of training, then the next five years, etc., they won't give you any information. For one thing, it's good because many people are not stable enough because it's the same like if you give an Asian guy LSD <laughs> or, or you have like a crazy ayahuasca or another trip. It's not for every person, not for every mind can handle this stuff. And the same thing, people say, oh, consciousness is so good and it's so important. Yes, but at the same time, it's also dangerous because you can see like how, how many traumas also people get when they get too much awareness. So you always have a counter side. So it's very good in training, but the thing is some people just want to teleport somewhere where they are not at at the present moment. And it's because of the constantly this... Uh, we have to be faster, we have to go on more, 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 but then not even being in peace with your emotion, not even stable. And that's, that's I think that's a good thing that the movie called Chronicles, where these teenagers get the superpowers and this guy just gets crazy and wants to kill everyone later. And it's the same thing as long you are not stable, you can't jump that fast to the next level, otherwise it will be counterproductive. And I was the same. I was always like more, more, more. I did more than 200 sports. I tried out everything. I wanted to heal faster. I wanted to do things faster. But then I saw also how I destroyed a lot by doing it. So it's always like, where are you at the moment? It's the most important thing. And what is the next step? Of course, it's very mm, inspiring to see like when people die and the only thing what is left is like nails and hair or they are just like totally gone into a rainbow or whatever. But again, ask, what is the reason why you're seeking? Why are you still not happy with that, what it is at the present moment? And I think this is much more important than any other power because what is, for me, I asked many years ago, okay, if I do, if I can fly now on, on purpose, if I can do teleportation, I can do this or that, what is the next thing? If I'm still not fully in my heart now, if I'm not fully loving, all these powers won't fulfill your inner emptiness. It's later just a distraction. That's where many monks saying, oh, it's just a power that goes through it because there are much higher, much more important things. And so for me, the most important thing is just the, the, the present that you're happy with whatever you're doing or not doing. And therefore, as long you're not stable in your life, that you don't have the money, that you don't have to surround uh, the people who are like supporting you, the family or whatever, you're constantly looking outside to fulfill your inner emptiness. And the sort of thing is first in the, the fundamental thing must be here. When you're fully happy, when you have already everything achieved, then say, okay, what else is possible in the world here? What can we do together? How can we create an amazing society? But the problem is, 
how can you talk about things what yourself haven't embodied yet? It's like people talking about healing, like uh, never have healed anyone. And I think that's a big problem with all the words and all the mind we constantly want to understand instead of being the understanding, of being the knowing. And that's a constant seeking from our mind, getting more knowledge, seeking, seeking, seeking. You will never arrive. And I think this is, <laughs> this is the emotion what traps all the people constantly in their mind. And you see it in different countries, like in Europe, I'm already here one year, I still feel all, all information, information, information. And if you go like Latin America, for me, it was opening my heart like 2006, because the people count as the human being what they are. It doesn't matter if you speak Spanish, it doesn't matter what you're doing or who you are, you count as a human being. And therefore, the, the life quality is much higher. Otherwise, if you go to a country, you constantly get judged. Oh, how do you, do you look? Oh, you look black, white, green, yellow, whatever, or, or a haircut. So the judging system from the mind is very strongly in, in our countries. And therefore, we totally forget who we really are. Because it's all about, oh, is this person interesting? Is this person beautiful? And for me, that changed a lot yeah, in 2006, because at that time, I was a professional athlete. and wow it doesn't matter what i can do or who i am people just were interested to know me and this is on a much beautiful level than just like oh what do you know who are you <laughs> and you feel really nurtured by it it's like i have some people where i just can sit and i don't even need to talk and we just like smile at each other and just be happy in this present state of being so I don't need to know anything from you. Just happy that you're here. I just love you. Thank you for being. And then the all the other stuff just happens by itself. You don't need to control it. You don't need to push it. And that's I think that was for me the fastest development in all the powers or all the things what I've achieved. Just going back from all my crazy mind into my heart to see, okay, what is really now flowing? How can I go into the state of flow? How can I go into the state of love? And I see people want to train. I said, hey, why should I waste my time by training now? Or oh, just one energy ball, one energy ball. Yeah, for what? <laughs> you create again much more tension. So the thing with aerokinesis, all the stuff, I just was. Uh, standing on a balcony and I said, oh, hello, wind. I just connected to wind. It would be nice to feel the wind. And one time in, I think I did a healing in, in Bali for a woman and I, there was a hot hut. And I said, oh, we need some air. And it was like invited the wind to come into this hut. And she was like, hey, did you do this? I said, yeah, it was hot here. I said, you're crazy. I said, no, oh, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. And that's just this connection. The connection only can happen when you're fully in your heart space, when you fully understand you are wind, you are fire, you are water. And also when one girl invited me for um, a fire walk and she explained it so much from the head, I said, no, you don't need to explain that much. You are fire. You are the love. You are matter. So you can stand on this hot coals now. And I was standing in front of her and looking at her just in this state. But as long you have the separation in your mind, what you create is constantly more fear 
and you identify yourself because oh this is my body this is my matter so for me it's everything just you can tune in into different frequencies but not because oh i want to show off or i want to show someone like oh i'm better or i can do this because then you're totally away from this already and i think this is the big problem in all the science when so you really have to be very stable to show off the powers in front of that's like what magicians are doing with tricks or something and that needs training but the thing is all these powers are all thing what you're doing so it was never for me in the beginning was with the sports that's like I, if i can do it everyone can do it it was always my thing why i tried to go over every limit and to create a space that everyone is possible of everything and i think the the most missing thing in the world is love and trust and how more I can trust in give this trust to the people hey you can do it and i i was teaching school like front flips to a 14 year old girl like in 20 minutes because i know you can do it so i create a space and same in healing i know you can heal and it doesn't matter what you believe if you're just ready to let go of your your old um, yeah concepts what you believe what is possible and what not and this quantum space yeah creates spaces what is beyond all your thinking and so really, really it's really, uh, it's really to, the simplicity is to unthink yes <laughs> yeah. so is this what you were doing with the animals in the video where we got the pictures of croc or the alligator or the crocodile yeah that was in, in indonesia and for me it was very horrible to see all this stuff what is going on they had very little bonds and this was a 23 year old lady <laughs> that just was tickling the crocodile a little bit and the 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 guy over there who was working for 24 years with this crocodile, he was like, are you crazy? Yeah, sometimes. And <laughs> because I wasn't afraid of doing this. I was totally like in the space and I gave also the crocodiles healing because I saw they had so many tumors. It was a crocodile for nearly 40 years in this little pond. So I organized also money to say, okay, let's make a change here because the owner died and there was only the wife left and she never really cared about the animals and then like more than one thousand crocodiles there and the the entrance fee is less than a dollar so how can you feed them so that for me it was very sad to see all these captured animals there and then when i had already some money i said okay i'm ready to work I said no we don't have the workers now we have the um the holidays from the muslims so she can't talk to the workers and Look, I organized already $500. At that time, it was a lot in Indonesia to create more stuff there. And so I just thought, okay, they don't want to change. And that's the thing what I experienced in so much traveling. And in that time, I think it was like eight years ago when I started traveling and giving free healing and dance classes around in Asia. That okay, many people just don't want to change because they are so comfortable in the drama. And for me, it was always, okay, how can you get things much more effective and much faster? That was like my inner push, what I had. And 
Yeah, for me it was really sad. Even the monkeys and all the stuff. First, uh, one monkey was attacking everyone. That's why he was captured. I just went in and calmed him down, so you could touch him again. And then he was really able to 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 feed him. So in Asia, I saw a lot of crazy thing. It was really like um, a lot of pain for me. What I saw with the animals was going on there. And yeah, I don't know. It was for me connection with the animal <laughs> that was actually in new zealand in a park for uh, rotorua or somewhere right, right, yeah. Yeah. it was quite funny for me to see yes from new zealand sorry but yeah, when um, alex was telling me about um his journey in new zealand i thought you might be <laughs> because you, you found song lines you were walking a song lines in new zealand when you were alex. <clears throat> i was Oh, I had so many crazy experiences in New Zealand. <laughs> I turned this oh, mute I, I muted this, but I can't believe this. Uh, oh, what do you call these? Uh, stick insects, but it's really amazing when you touch it, isn't it? Can you hear that? Yeah. That was with a group with Gary Cook. Um, maybe you heard about him. He... I just made a new documentary on Gaia TV about the trees and about the communication with the trees. And it was at the weekend with Dr. Bruce Lipton. And we went on the to the Kemanama wall on the last day. And there I had a lot of crazy experience. And later I, I went to Gary Cook at home and we had there a session with some other people about meditation and uh, UFO connections and things like this. Um, about New Zealand, many years ago I was working with a woman, she was very into astrology, I think more than 30 years, and so I did a healing for her, and later she, as a gift, she was talking one hour about me, and she said, oh, Alex, I've never seen a star constellation like that, and blah, 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 and she was talking so much, I was like surprised, and she knows things, but I didn't knew about myself at that time. And then she told me there's a page called astro.com and there's a uh, thing called travel click, I think. And when you just put your dates in, you see your energy lines, where it's good for your business, where it's good for your spiritual development. And for me, I was always a skeptic with everything because I came as a mechanic and I came from science, but <laughs> it changed a little bit. So I knew that everything later is possible when I really had to let go all the concepts what I started before. And so I said, okay, let's see, there's an energy line, there's an energy line. And so I traveled there, and then I also found out that a lot of megalithic places and energy places has been close to these lines from uh, my birthday. And so when I've been also in Indonesia near Medan, I started to remember my past life just by being close to this energy line and crazy things happened. I started to talk in old Sundanese at the graveyard and people, um, were translating some stuff and also another woman she came with me is not that spiritual start to see things from the old kingdom she was alex i could see this and that and she was totally frightened and said okay that's how it is and so I, when she they showed me some places and they said oh you have to go left and I said no 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 i have to go right because i lived there i remember the places and the, the, the walks over there 
And the craziest thing later was that at, at night, a guy from the national security came because they, he said, ah, I have uh, a spy from Austria. I said, no, I'm not a spy. I'm a healing therapist. And I just traveled around with my energy light. And, and he said, ah, do you know about this colored stone? And I said, you mean the UFO? Said, Why do you know this? I said, I know something. Said, from where? I said, I remember. And so then, oh, okay, I'm not allowed to talk with you um, near the civilists here, but we can talk on another day. <laughs> so that was it. I go, what the heck? I felt like my, my life become a movie because I had so many great experiences. And also New Zealand, like, there were things what I, I needed a long time to digest and first in the, in the first three years, I didn't even talk to anyone else about this stuff. Now I can talk openly about it. I don't care anymore. But in the beginning was, oh, who will I believe me when I don't even believe myself from my own experience? Because it was just crazy. And in New Zealand, we went to this Manama wall. And Gary Cook did not go too much up because we were still in the, in the white jungle. But I had this impulse, I have to go up, and I went up, 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 and I was sitting there in the meditation. And then when I was walking up, it was always like, I'm home, it's my land, I'm home, it's my land. Do I get crazy here? What's going on? And I was sitting there, and I saw a Maori face, and I saw like spirals, rectangle ones. And then another friend from there said hey alex we have to go to the next lemurian portal and i told him hey what's so crazy when i was walking up here and it was constantly i'm home it's my land and then he said like ah oh, say to ranga why why i was say, hey, what does it mean i said, just say to ranga why why i'm not sure if i pronounced it now right it's more than seven years ago <laughs> but i said it and i crashed down on the floor and i was crying for 20 minutes and I didn't know what's happening. And then I asked him, what is the meaning? And he said, yeah, it's, I'm home, I'm hollow. I was like, okay. And then we went to the next portal activation there. And then when we drove out from this sacred place and forest, um, he played another Maori song. And again, started to cry. And he asked me, oh, do we need to stop? And I was just crying. Maybe something is healing me. I don't know. And but then we stopped the parking lot over there, and I opened, <laughs> I opened the door, went out to the gravel. I was screaming a ruhr and crashed again at the floor for I don't know five ten minutes. And I was like going through the whole forest had visions. Stood up, went back into the car, looked at him. He looked at me. <laughs> I didn't know what's going on, and. Then he asked me, do you need to go to the toilet? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> so I went again outside, I went to the bushes, but I couldn't pee there. I was like, no, it's a sacred place, I can't pee there. So I went barefoot into a little water over there. Then I pushed the, the grass over my feet, went in the gravel, and all this emotional stuff was away, like normal, nothing happened. And then we drove at his place and he was talking about his wife. And I said, hey, does your wife have some shoulder problems? He said, yeah, yeah. And then so we did some distance healing. And actually, she didn't like to have any foreigners there because they're living up the hill somewhere. I don't remember. 
And when we were there, I said, hey, I remember I was here. It was so weird. And so they invited me for dinner. And after dinner, I was like standing like in front of this big garden you could see over the whole land over there. And I was standing with the hands on my back and like looking like around. And then I'm asking, what are you doing on my land? <laughs> Imagine you invite me to your home and say, what are you doing in my park? <laughs> and so the spirit was just like walking through me. And first he told me that crazy things happened up there. And so we did a healing on the land uh, up there. And the next days she wanted to show me another labyrinth and retreat center at uh, this area. And before we came to this labyrinth, there was a fire log. I think I never uploaded this video, but maybe I should do it because it was just crazy. And at that time, I was like very sensitive for energy and doing healing with people, but I never did healing for a land. It was totally new for me. And I went to this fire log and I started seeing this energy, like energy water. And so I asked her if I'm crazy or if she also can see something. And there was like nine spots around this fire log and we just stepped from one circle to another and we could feel the energy. And then I asked her, what does she uh, observe? And she had quite the same feeling. And then another woman come out from nowhere and I asked her without saying, and I said, okay, what do you feel where? What do you feel there? And she had the same thing. And all is starting like, like an eight hour ritual on this land. <laughs> Then it was, oh my God. Oh, yeah, I'm really saying this. <laughs> I will explain this stuff. In the end, it was nearly 10 o'clock, and we like, was my friend, his wife, and this other woman, like four people around this fireplace. And I felt like, okay, now we have all these elements, but water is missing. And I said, okay, please just go out of the circle. I have to finish this ritual by myself. Because I didn't know what I have to do. Maybe I have to spit there or see. I don't know. I don't question anything when I'm in the space of doing things, when I'm just like a tool for the higher mind. And <laughs> I asked, like, okay, what should I do now? I really ask, like, looking up into the sky, what, what is the next thing what I have to do? And when I was looking up into the sky, a water drop dropped on my nose. And are you serious? Boom. The whole sky was white for more than a second. And I was like screaming, yelling out that, hey, have you seen this? That, yeah, a flash. And it was not a flash because the sky was, was more than one, two seconds, just white. And so we finished the ritual, went back home. And the next day uh, in the media was a meteor flew over New Zealand and went into a hill over there. And I said, what the heck? And the funny thing, there was a channel salsa dancer from Oakland. And she asked me, hey, Alex, have you something to do with the thing that happened yesterday? And I said, I don't tell you what I've done because I don't even believe myself. <laughs> and <laughs> so there was a, a one thing what happened at that time. And then I drove with this guy actually to this place where the meteor went in, I didn't knew because he was working there as a gardener. And I asked him, oh, we need to meet a, a, a shaman. And she and he said, oh, I know one. 
And actually, um, he presented me this woman, and she said, oh, I was waiting for you because the world told me that then someone will come to bring me to the next level. And she was already working for many years with Lemur and Anity, and I was like, I couldn't believe. So I went to her garden, and she went to the bench, and she laid down. I was like maybe five meters behind her. And before I went into the space, I was running into energy wall. And I was like standing like two, three meters in front of her. Uh, sorry, can I go in? Oh, sorry, I forgot there's a vortex. I never experienced things like that. I was running into an energy wall that I couldn't go in till she told me that I can. So that was just like so many crazy things when I was there. And so. I really have to freeze out because I still feel all this stuff. It was so much crazy. Are we talking in North Island here? <clears throat> Please say again. Are you in the North Island? Yeah, I've been in the North Island. This was around the North Island, yeah. Mm, it was. This was the first month when I've been there. Was just like the North Island. Then I traveled. I will have to look up the map. I'm sorry, I haven't. Okay, but but I made a video from New Zealand um, where yeah. I, yeah, wrote down all the places where I've been, and the second time I was there for three months, and traveled with the van with one like five thousand kilometers in one week or something. We were crazy traveling around. There was a lot when of you travel around, even when you're at home. How, much, how long do you do Qigong on a daily basis? Ha, I'm, a, I'm a lazy guy. <laughs> I really have to say, because first I was so extreme with my training from external stuff. And after all this, let's say, enlightenment and letting go of all the identification, there was no need to train anymore, to do anything. And also by understanding everything is already here in every moment, so why should I train? That was for me something many years ago, because first I was a professional athlete, and then you used to train six hours a day. You get up at six, you swim two hours, then you run one and a half hours, then you on a bicycle three hours. And then you're still like in university and you do all the things. But then it was like, yeah, for what? And so I totally stopped the external training like eight years ago. So now I just train maybe once a week, like some beat volleyball or ping pong. And sometimes when I feel, okay, now I want to do some meditation, I want to do some Qigong for one, two hours. It comes more like as an impulse to me where I feel, oh, I want to do something now. And I'm just going back now to do more. But actually when I was traveling, then you, it was like you're constantly in this travel mode and then there was no energy or no wanting because you're constantly experiencing. So for me, it doesn't matter what you train, if it's Qigong or healing, everything what you do in life is actually a training. So for me, when I just walk on the street, I just put my consciousness into my hands. So I just feel my hands so I don't need to think about something because otherwise you think about past, present, future, whatever. So for me, how more came into this feeling, how more you're present in your body. And it's the same thing with all the martial art or internal martial art. It's all about being present. And you only can be present when you're fully in your body. That's why people are like breathing and just going inside. But this you can do all the time. It's a state of mind.
Alex, so I guess what is, um, this other video, the energy master versus Shaolin master, where mm -hmm. um, people, of course, want to know how, how, what you have to do to get there. Can we just, um, is it okay if we just show that quickly? Just well, I haven't set that up. I've, um, I like to, um, how to caress a wasp, <laughs> how to pet a fly. Um, I've never seen anything like that. So I'll get out of that. I'll I just come back to share screen. I should, I should have to share the screen. You let me yeah is that all right here you go okay uh, let me just try that slide uh, can you see that mm, not yet i just see a little blue square on the right side okay is that can you see, can you see that now no. no no all right all right i'm gonna give up <laughs> So where we Still, go? Until you find it out, I can explain how I met Shihan uh, Li. So I was teaching in Germany and he came to my seminar. I was very surprised that he and his student came to my seminar. And then he invited me to his monastery, so to his temple. And then I just showed him different techniques, what else is possible with the energy. The thing in Asia is, it doesn't matter if you're Asian or like an outsider, they won't give you knowledge. They give you maximum five to 10%. And because it's still the old hierarchy, because being a master, you're the student. And for me, I always was like a rebel. For me, it was like, it's just information. If you have the information, you can do it with a little bit training. And that's why many people had problems with me because I immediately showed everyone who thinks who is a master that you're just nobody with a little bit of knowledge. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you go to a Vipassana monk or someone else. For me, I always questioned everything. Because for me, it's okay, why are you doing this? Or why are you doing that? I don't need your knowledge from the book. What is your real experience? This was even when I've been in Thailand at the Vipassana Center. So come on, I can read myself. But for me, the most important thing is still that your words has experience. Because when I just talk out from my knowledge what I was reading some, somewhere, sometime, yeah, it don't have this information field because I haven't embodied it. I just was reading it. I just like I remember it. But when you share experience, I can tap into this field and I can make it also mine. So the thing is, in my seminar, so everything what I'm doing is like, when I share my stories or share these energies, like you can tap into this field and download it and make it easier that you can do it. And the same thing is in sports. When you're in a city where this move, like let's say from acrobatic, it's very easy for them, you can learn it much faster. And it's all like so easy. There are so many, um, in Russia, they called it in, like, like, like a native learning. It's like, when I tell you something, maybe you remember five, 10%. When I show it to you, you remember 20, 25. But when I can give you the information field, my emotion field, I saw like I was, uh, I taught one time a little boy, he was 12 years old, ping pong, the forehand. And instead of telling him, instead of showing him, I was standing behind him and I said to him, relax your arm and just 
feel my movement. And I was moving with him for 10, 30 seconds. And after this, I had a lot of problems to get back his forehand later because he totally just copied it. And so there are many ways, even like in Russia, there's a book called Super Learning. We did a lot of tests with hypnosis. So you can um, get your languages back from past life or you just reprogram your brain in, in the night with languages. And I saw like children thought they are Picasso and they were like painting after the hypnosis like him. So there are so many things what we can do with our brain and mind just by training it again, right? The problem is our whole school system is like still back some hundred years. We just have to train something to remember. We just do memory training, but it's not a real training what we're doing, actually. It's just like getting old information, but totally useless. And that's why I was always a rebel in school, too. <laughs> because I just found out there are things that are much easier. And so for me later come, okay, how can it be more effective? How can it be easier? That was like my main goal where I was coming from. And I think it sounds like you, you know, you, you are actually very generous and very truthful when, when you teach. Um, and I think that's, that differentiates you from other people. Did you, the stuff that you do with a monk in terms of moving the energy around the people rather than the people physically, is that something that um, you found somebody who could do that or did you discover that for yourself? No, um, I first from the quantum feeling when you send energy waves, I saw, okay, this is possible. Then I saw the first time a video from an Aikido master in Germany. And for me, it was like, oh, this, this looks so unreal, but I will go to the seminar. Let's see what will happen. So for me, I was always skeptic, but I was at the same time, I was open to experience everything. And I think this is the most important thing that I never believe every crap, but I will out everything to see if it's really like possible to do it for me. And at this seminar, I'd like these four days when I was there, I was like, okay, every day I had maybe just like one exercise where I said, okay, and the second day I still didn't know why I'm there because there was so many basic crap what he was talking. And I felt like, oh, here's the big master and everyone else is just a stupid student. And so for the whole four weeks, it was for me like just like three exercises where we said, okay, wow, this really made the difference now for me. And he punched me and I felt two meters backwards in a sitting position. So I knew, okay, this is real. And there was another exercise what, from what I only could do and another student from out for more than 25 people. And when I asked him about this, he couldn't or he didn't want to explain me how the things are working. And then I started to research and that was, I'm actually very happy that he didn't told me because this gave me my new way i was constantly searching in all countries okay how is this working with contactless fighting where is the origin so you see it in aiki in aikido you see it a lot in japan you see it with the nagadalam in indonesia you see it with um lupki and svarga and sistema in russia so or empty force or, or you see it in tai chi in the Fajing. so actually it comes all from the internal martial art but was never being taught because even Bruce Lee got attacked because he was the first Asian guy who went to the US teaching Kung Fu and it was forbidden. 
And so you just have to understand the whole history and how the whole thinking in in every culture. Or like for me was later, why um, is Taekwondo created from the Koreans? What is the mentality of a Korean guy? Why we did to just use mostly the feats? It's always like with every um, martial art, like, look at me, I'm dangerous, don't come close to me. And I hope make the distance with my legs. So I don't allow you that you come close to me. And then you know also the mentality. And this I looked, okay, why I'm doing breakdance? And how do you win a battle? Or why do you play tennis? And how more you understand why someone is choosing a different kind of sport, you understand the mentality of this person. And then you know why you is choosing also this kind of illness because it also is and that really blew my mind to understand, like, oh, you can see all these programs. Why a person is choosing this illness? Why is a person choosing this sport? That's why all my addiction to sports totally was gone later. And I said, why should I train? Like, the, the deer in the forest also looks amazing. and don't need to go into the fitness center. But it was for me, it's a state of mind how you look. And that's why I still can do all my my tricks or like acrobatics without doing any training because I know in my body I can do it. I maybe don't I'm not that stable because I'm not training, but I still can do it. And that's for me like okay, how can you access much more mm, the state of mind that you fully know? Oh, I can do this. I do this. And this is this knowing you need for everything. This this inner trust, this inner knowing. I think it's the most important thing. And when I can activate it in you, then you will have much more self-confidence in everything what you do, and then therefore you will manifest a much easier and happier life. Instead of just doing ram 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 or just visualizing for one week and something. I think this okay. is coming back to uh, word charming. Mm -hmm. Is that a way of life? The first time when I heard that I'm a shaman was actually in New Zealand. I said, hey, you're a shaman. Look, go to this shaman. I said, oh, I'm a shaman. Okay. <laughs> for me, I, I never was like so identifying with any words. But the thing is, for the outside people, you need to say, oh, I'm a shaman. I'm a healer. I'm a master. For me, I don't care. I'm just what I am now in this body. And the techniques, most techniques all in the healing stuff came from the shaman. And for me, when I've, I've just been in, in Mexico last year for four months, and so I've working also with them with different kind of um, plants, but I also saw them how hmm, trapped they are in their concept. And for me, it was always go beyond every concept. And when I break everything apart, the only thing what is left is just love, connection, and inner knowing. So the problem is one shaman invite, invented like um, a ritual like, oh, I have to scratch my head and then the rain will fall down. And now everyone is scratching their head to the, that the rain fell down. But it's, it's, it's nonsense. Because someone was making up something to connect with it. So therefore, the most important thing is the connection, not about the thing what you do. And the thing was for me the same when I was in India, in South India, in Chennai, and I was looking for, I was just making, what was it, Kriya Yoga. 
And I saw an exercise where this guy was putting his nose between his knees and breathing. I said, imagine you're God looking down on earth and all these sheep doing stupid postures just to feel more connected. Out from this concept, I can't do it anymore. I was laughing my ass off. And therefore I knew, okay, it's good to stretch. It's good to do exercises. But people still want control to have a certain outcome. And I saw you don't need to control, you need to be open and ready to receive. And how more I can open the space for receiving and opening, all these miracles are happening much faster. You don't need to believe in Jesus and Buddha, whatever. Of course, if someone wants to, it's helpful. But I can give you also this sacred glass of water and you will be fully healed and enlightened. If you fully believe me, it will be. And that's all about your subconscious and your belief. But we don't believe anymore. We are too skeptic. We are too rational. Therefore, we all need concept, a new concept, what is scientifically proven, to allow myself to have an experience. And therefore, traveling helps a lot because when you travel, you come into a new country, new energy field, um, new culture field. You're open to receive, and therefore, you can you receive much more miracles instead of just being constantly in the same country where you know every tree and every person looks like the same. But that was for me what I felt the difference with traveling or being in your home country. So from what you're saying, the secret is to let go and be empty and be present. <laughs> Definitely. And that's why many monks um, don't like this because a monk is just in one direction and he hopes okay one day after 30 50 years of praying and hunting and singing my mantras maybe i will reach the rainbow body or whatever but it's like with a horse if you just can look this because you believe in one person who reached a, it's a stereotype it's the same like in sports if you don't change the body if you don't change the technique how will you experience something new you don't know the new thing the new thing already so the thing is but you have to allow it to experience you have to totally go away what we what we got presented nowadays it's not that this is not good it's just like okay it was a way um to we had in austria a girl she created a new way of throwing the the, what's the name the iron ball in the athletics and she just made a turn around on the floor and then she pushed it and made a new a record. But first everyone was just turning around to through it. But the thing is you have to totally go away to create new things and people talk mostly talking, oh, let's create something new, but still staying in the old concept. But for things, for new things, you have to go away from the past mind. That's when you're all looking at the scientist or, or genius like Tesla or whatever, you can be alone in the space and just open the field and allow information to come in. Otherwise, when you study, you just study old information. So how can you create something new? And when you do healing now and you know, oh, this is the elbow, it's connected to your freedom or your lungs or your knees for connected forgiveness, then you create again this space. Okay, it can be, let's say it's 90% right, but what is with the other 10%? And for me, it was like, first, okay, I learned all this 90%, but then I felt like, okay, what is the rest? And with all the healing, what I've done, when people came to me, 90% is the mind shift for this life. 
but 10% I see past life stuff, I see other dimension stuff, but I mostly don't talk about it because I came from a very mind-based and scientific stuff, so I never want to go too much in the esoteric realm because many people still just believe, oh, you just have to visualize, and yes and no, because even the um, translation is a little bit wrong if you go more into Chinese text, this visualization is more like it's not a visualization, just like imagine. It's like it is already like that. And you said something about uh, about the dragon energy when we were talking. I didn't visualize the dragon. I fucking saw it. <laughs> I'm sorry to say this. It it threw me down from my chair, and I was like, "What the heck is going on?" And later, I started to research about other texts where you need the buttons, you have 12 dimensions, and then you can connect and you can see different things. I was reading a lot of stuff, but at that moment, I couldn't understand because I haven't experienced it yet. So it's good to read because you open a field, you can connect, but till there, it's just words. When you have this experience, yeah. it's a totally different story. Yeah, for those people who are listening and might not be that aware, is um, when you practice um, the martial arts or the um, inner arts, it by opening yourself up, you you expand your consciousness beyond the body and this realm into different realms in which um, things like the dragons and the energy and the source is available. And um, it is it is these these realms are often described in the classics. Um, but everybody, you know, it's not the same for everyone. When, once you learn <laughs> to access them and to work in them, that's when you connect with the underlying forces of the universe that don't get involved in, in our plays and the plays of the humans. And um, Alex, you know, as you were talking, I, 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 it really sort of dropped in, you know, why you're so perfect for the show, because by not controlling what we are, we actually give permission for ourselves to be that which we are <laughs> and which we have to unfold, you know, rather than copying other people. And you're, you're such a great example because, you know, a bit like the Monkey King, you kind of defy any, <laughs> <I'm Hanuman. laughs> any label or box, anything and everything is possible, but you're more than, you know, I mean, you're with heart. It's just, and um, I think if we can all give ourselves permission just to be, Simply yeah, to let go of the agenda and um, trying to be something that we're not, then I, I, I really can feel the pain of like that you don't allow yourself to be. You still look the acceptance that, oh, is it right what I'm saying? Is it right what I'm believing? And the thing is, you get your intuition and then you ask a so-called master and he said no. And so again, constantly doubting about your own intuition and things. It's constantly this hierarchy. So the most important thing for me is not to tell you what is my truth or what should be your truth. It's more like, how can I bring you to this bridge where you fully understand yourself just by asking the right question? Just like asking them what I feel now. Okay, I feel you have this topic now. Um, how can we change it? Or what else is possible? Or why do you still need it? Who would you be if you don't have it? Are you fully ready to let go of it? And as long as you don't allow yourself to fully be honest with your feelings, 
it's very hard to move on. It's really then you stay in the concept. And I know I trigger constantly a lot with my experiences because they are not linear. I was very long time in this linear thinking because I came from the hard technical school. I was studying sports science and all these things and medical stuff. But I saw, oh, if you want to have miracles in life, you have to go away from the things, what you're seeing, what is possible, what is known. And I think this is missing with many amazing teachers and many good energy developers. It doesn't matter which I've seen already in the Negung or Qigong level who are like good in the powers but actually this is for me the a key what is strongly missing being in the heart being happy and not being that richard is oh i have to be a master i have to become emotionless or whatever no i think how higher the level gets how more you become human and there was even an old book called i think phyllis the tibetan and I was really crying. I felt like, oh, I remember this, I remember that. And I had stages like the last years where I've just been in emptiness for some months. I didn't even know if I will teach again or if I will come back again to Europe or whatever. And now I feel so emotionally and so humanly. It's like, who is this now? <laughs> Sometimes I feel weird about myself because I see different timelines and different layers of me. So why I'm talking to you now and who do you and what do you observe now what I'm talking? So it's like kind of schizophrenia or <laughs> it's like you feel this multi-dimensional and it's not always easy to, to observe this at the same time. So I knew, oh, there's a Alexander who is now competing in, in, in sports or just teasing people, but it's actually not really me. It's just like outside playing the role of Alexander. But then I'm now here just in the interview and I'm just like sharing some experience. And the next time I'm someone else. So I'm not identifying with any of these roles anymore. I know I can be supportive with any role, but I can jump in. And the problem is people still want to label you. Oh, you have you are a healer or you're a spiritual teacher. You're a shaman, you're a doctor. You have to be this or that. You're not allowed to say this or that is our concept. I will scream at you if I feel it's right. I will hit you if it feels it's right. And I think that's the most important thing to know your inner wisdom. So some people in one, in one seminar, I was hitting an older woman because she got some pain and people are like, oh, how can you hit it like hard like this? Yeah, because I was hitting the tension in her body and then she released it. She cried for five minutes and then the pain was gone. So the thing is from the outside, when you don't understand because you live in concept, how will you know? You only can know when you're fully embodied and connected to your heart field and to your higher minded intuition. And this is barely understand by many people. Therefore, is so much judgment in right and wrong and good and bad. What if there is nothing yeah. in separation than your own, only monkey mind? Just ask yeah, yourself. If, what if to play the strategy game and um, stick to the rules or break the oh, rules? But you're going beyond that. So, Alex, if people, I have I have one question for everyone who is listening. Yeah, actually, yeah. um, what came I think eight years ago. Can you be better than you are? 
Jeff, what do you believe? Can you be better than you are? If I look back uh, to where I was 20 years ago. Can you be worse than you are? I'm not the same person. I've got to tell you, there's a complete transformation and change of thinking, lateral thinking, conceptual thinking, heartfelt, mindful. Right. There's a whole lot of issues there that you would not expect someone in business to to have, to be perfectly honest with you. And you just got to stand in your own skin and this is who you are. That's it. Yeah, but when you ask inside, is there a belief somewhere that you can be better or worse than you are? No, I, I've been listening to you and you've been ticking the boxes where I've already ticked those same boxes and realizes. Mm -hmm. So for me, was, when you already understand you can't be better or worse than you are, you have to understand you're perfect how you are. Because That's it doesn't right. matter if you hug me or you spit on my shoes, there's a reason for it. So it's all about this judgment. So when I spit on your shoes, it's because of this reaction, what you what you gave or whatever. So, but who is judging? Well, it's about judgment. Yeah, it's just like this. If you don't understand the context, you're constantly in this judging mind, but not understanding, oh, I had to hit you now because then you could understand something. Or I had to kiss this person now because of this or that. And I think, oh, let go of thinking <laughs> and enjoy life much more. We're on to it. Okay, right, Julia, are you going to wind us up? And um... Yep, I'm going to wrap us up. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Alex, Sander, um, we've got your website there. Um, you're on Facebook as well. So if people want to, want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, I, we have a page on Facebook called Before TV. <laughs> Sorry, Philip, I just made a really funny comment, but we won't interrupt it's our It's an ugly woman, mate. So you've got a page There's the Force in You page on Facebook, and I have another group where I post also all the videos from the Force in You open class where people can also ask questions. On YouTube, the Craig, I have two playlists. One is with the spiritual powers, I think with more than 140 videos already. And the others are about interviews and seminars, where I also upload this interview. And yeah, there's some English seminars too, about healing and transformation stuff. And I think the last thing what I did in English was the dragon energy activation and transmission. That was quite crazy, yeah, but powerful for many. I think we'll get to that. We'll get you back and you can talk about the animals and uh, their connection. Uh, as the Indians from America would say, you know, your relatives and your, you know, our home and connect and get that feeling. And we've seen that shortly in that quick video there um, with the uh, crocodile, the monkey, the, the cattle. Um, and it's the yeah, two videos, like the first what I did. I think it was the first video in this playlist I did was how to carry a wasp and a fly. And I was, it was so funny because my father, he's an engineer. He's, a, he's very detailed, like electricity. And I was sitting on his side on the computer and I started to pet the fly. And he was looking at me like, what are you doing? So I'm petting a fly. And you can imagine what he was thinking like, what have I done with my son? <laughs> he's petting a fly. 
It was quite funny, actually. <laughs> well, I think the New Zealand word aroha, aroha, aroha. is Mayan. So let's aroha, everyone. And mm. uh, thank you very much for listening to the show, connecting with us. And uh, Thanks, Ken. Yeah. Aroha. Thank you very much, Alex. <laughs> Thanks for Ken. It's quarter past three in the morning. Thanks to all for listening. Having a wonderful day. Yeah, thanks right. for joining us. Yeah, just